powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello! Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please, everyone, sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's Better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a big thank you to my last guest, Helene Wabe. What a great guest and a fantastic episode. If you have not heard our very in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 208, and we have a great episode lineup for you today. We have on the show Ashley Stahl. Now, Ashley is a former counterterrorism expert turned career coach, best-selling author, a TEDx speechwriter, and successful podcaster. She'll be discussing her successful career in the Department of Defense, her work for Forbes, her best-selling book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career. Plus, she'll also be discussing her viral TED Talk, her current work as a TEDx speechwriter, and finally, she'll be discussing her incredibly popular podcast, U-Turn. Ashley is a woman on the move and incredibly busy, so we were lucky to get her. Tons to cover, so let's get Ashley out here. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling today from her home in Los Angeles, California, Ashley Stahl. <laughs> Ashley, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How is the weather out by you today? It is 75 degrees and sunny here in California. Nice. And I'm still wearing a big old sweater because I'm a baby and don't know how to handle anything below 80. So with the pandemic now winding down, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? You know, I lived my life so fully before COVID that I was one of few people I knew that probably could have used the time being home um, because I lived so fully before that and played so hard with my life before that. But LA is definitely a quieter city after COVID, and I'm totally okay with that. Nice. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? Yeah, I was I was born in the Valley in Los Angeles, California, and I've lived many, many places since then. I've lived four years in Paris, two years in London, two years in New York, one year in Miami. I'm back home now in Los Angeles, even a year and a half in D.C., but I, it all started here in L.A., and my dad had a finance firm that he did really well with, and then he lost everything when I was seven. And my mom, um, she's a bookkeeper and she's always been a very nurturing, sweet woman. I have two brothers, a younger one and an older one. And I used to have a sister. She passed away five years ago from addiction. Hmm. Very sad. Mm -hmm. What were your earliest career aspirations? 
Uh, you know, I open up my book, U-Turn. It's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. So this idea of coming home to yourself. And it's interesting because the introduction of my book talks about my preschool graduation. And the principal wanted us to go up on stage and tell all the parents at graduation who we wanted to be when we grew up. And I went up to the mic. I was like five or however old you are at preschool graduation. And I said, I want to be a mom and a poet. And I ended up continuing my career into counterterrorism. And I was always good at learning languages, which I guess there's a poetry to that. And from there, I came home to myself. And now I'm 36 years old. I've written 40 TED Talks in the past year, TEDx Talks, and I've booked 39 of those people on stage for TEDx. So I've, I think I'm back to the poet that I was always supposed to be. And my poetry just looks different than a typical poet might look. Instead of me writing poetry collections, I'm writing people's life story and making speeches for them to tell the whole world. That's amazing. Favorite memories from your time at the University of Redlands? Oh my gosh. I feel like, I hate to say this, but studying abroad, like which wasn't at the university, but that school really encouraged me to, to travel and to get out of my comfort zone. So I lived in France for over a year while I was at University of Redlands. They sent me, I got a de facto like French major just because I took so many political science classes in French that I just happened to get a French degree. And I think that made me look at the whole world so differently. So I think the most special thing, and then also the history and government classes, like I, I think I've just always been a storyteller and being able to take in all that information was just so nourishing. Hmm. Do you speak fluid Arabic? It's medium now at best. Honestly, it's really bad. I would say my French is totally fluent. My Arabic is like out the door. I used to speak Dari. That's also gone. Mostly just French and then some Spanish. Okay. Now you have two master's degrees, one in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica and one in war studies from the University of London. Those are two opposing masters. What inspired you to pursue those degrees? Yeah, sometimes I wonder if one caused the other. Like, did the war one get me into the spiritual one? <laughs> <laughs> My first degree in war studies was me at King's College in London just wanting to pursue something because I wanted to have something to pursue. And I was really into spy shows and into mattering and into using my career to be of service. And national security seemed to be the way for me to do that. As far as, I don't know, like the spiritual psychology, I think I just got a really deep interest in healing when I realized I was in the wrong career. And it felt like the only way to get into the right one was to really start going deep into myself. Hmm. Now you worked for Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger for a very brief period. What was that like? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was really interesting because it was when anthrax was really trendy and he would get fake anthrax, like baby powder in the mail. And I was like the mail opener. So that was interesting. I also was the first line on his phone calls. So a lot of people doing uh, kindergarten cop impressions. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then also a lot of people with really big questions about the state of California. And there was a period where I really wanted to run for Senate. And I feel like I'm actually writing a speech for a senator right now, which is really funny. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. How did you end up working for the Department of Defense? And for my listeners, can you tell them exactly what you did for the Ministry of Defense Advisors? <laughs> 
Yeah. So I ended up working at the Department of Defense after networking my face off. I emailed Redlands, University of Redlands, and I said, do you have a list of alumni who have graduated and moved to D.C.? They sent me 2,000 names and emails, and I called and emailed every single one. And that turned into 100 people helping me get job offers. That turned into me moving to D.C. without a job in hand. And that turned into, you know, those three job offers, and one was a defense contractor for the Pentagon, I was running the Ministry of Defense Advisors program, and um, that was a program that was an $80 million contract for me to run, where we sent some of the United States government's best and brightest to the Afghanistan's Ministry of Defense and Interior to couple with Afghan partners and support them in self-governing effectively when the Taliban, when, when NATO pulled out of Afghanistan, which we saw, you know, within the past couple of years, the pullout of Afghanistan was not graceful. And this program was geared to prevent that. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of these programs are unfortunately band-aids because the nature of a country is the nature of a country. And I don't mean to sound um, discouraged, but I think, I think that the more I learn about politics and foreign affairs, the less I know. And it's almost like the more information I collect, the less I understand because the nuances are so real. And it feels like sometimes our government just puts together a plan, but it really, and it's not to not to poo-poo on my plan that I did, but it doesn't necessarily align with the values of another country or the people there and it falls flat. Hmm. Talk about your time at Control Risks. Yeah. So Control Risk is a political risk consulting firm. They manage Fortune 500 company security in all levels. Like they'll manage hostage kidnap situations where maybe a CEO is traveling and there's a situation. They'll do, you know, all of that. They'll manage intelligence reportings for clients that have staff and assets around the world. I managed an intelligence team for a Fortune 100 company really, really smart people reporting on threats and risks to their staff all day, every day, using government information that we had access to, amongst other things. And what I learned during that was that I am not a detail-oriented person and that I am not meant for national security because I did well in my job, but I had to force myself to be someone I'm not, which is highly detailed. I am I'm a big picture visionary thinker. I'm an entrepreneur. I look at something and tune into how does it feel. I look at something and think about how do I create that? I'm highly resourceful. I'm I'm, I'm innovative with my creativity. You know, as I said, I've I've written more than 40 TED Talks. I have 17 on deck right now with my speech writing team. So I take a lot of pride in being able to move people and make people feel something. And details aren't always actually the way to do that. Fair enough. So what brought you to Forbes? I, you know always loved writing. And I just thought like, when you build a personal brand, I feel like there's certain things you can do that really move the needle. And Forbes already has an incredible audience. So the the leadership editor brought me on in 2015. And I've since written, I think more than 700 blog posts on leadership, personal branding and career clarity. And it's taught me that, you know, personal branding is not a sprint. It's a marathon. (laughs) And you take your time with it. You build over time. And I'm really grateful that people can find me every day on there when they're searching for things that maybe I wrote about five years ago. That's amazing. 
So tell my listeners what inspired you to found Cake Media. You know, I actually just absorbed Cake Media with my main entity, which is called Wise Whisper LLC. And it's just my website, ashleystahl.com. Cake was a ghostwriting house that served everything from companies to solopreneurs, all change makers around the world. And what was so beautiful about Cake was that we were affordable for people who really needed help expanding their voice. So we had contributors to all different blogs asking us to write, you know, Victoria's Secret models, politicians. And we've just harnessed that entire business now into a TEDx speech writing house where we also book you on stage for TEDx. So it's like we're doing the same thing, but with only one offer. Um, we're no longer just, you know, writing blogs for people. We're only writing speeches. And I feel like we're focusing on what we're good at. And that's been really incredible. That's amazing. So how does a counterterrorism expert become a career coach? You know, I think we're all multifaceted. And when you make a career pivot, you tune into the past of what you've been doing and you think about what is the thread of what you've been doing that relates to what you want to do next. How do you tune into where you want to go and what that needs from you? And how do you communicate about it in a way that makes sense from your past? How do you tune into the things you've done in your past that are relevant for where you're going and not just regurgitate everything you've ever done in your past? Okay. You join a very select group of Derek Duvall show guests who have done a Ted talk. And for the record, you've done two. Yeah. For my listeners, can you tell them what your talks were about? Yeah. The first one is called three questions to unlock your authentic career. I think that talk is, is good, but it's not my favorite because I'd never spoken on a stage before that one. So there's 4,000 people at that event. And I truly never spoken on the stage. I think it was like 25, 24 years old. And the structure of that talk, I think is really solid about the three questions, but it's, what are you good at? Are the three questions. What do people tell you that you're good at and what's holding you back? Those are the three questions in that, in that talk. The second TED talk I give is not ranked 80th on the internet right now. It's called how to figure out what you really want. And it's about my dad getting a phone call in the kitchen from a fake kidnapper who like scammed him and pretended they had kidnapped me, which for him was quite believable considering I worked in ransom and hostage and also had a personal brand. Um, so it was about figuring out your career path and like the careers that we cho choose and how we are our own kidnappers and we hold ourselves hostage from the life we actually want to live. And um, that talk I'm really proud of. And it comes from having worked, you know, when I was at the Pentagon under Obama administration, just like really witnessing him as a speaker, knowing some of his speech writers, learning some of the ways that he structured his speeches were very much so infused into that TEDx talk. And I think responsible for why it's gone viral and why we've had so much success with clients who have hired us to write and book their TED Talks. Hmm. He was definitely one of the greatest orders of this century. There's no question about it. Yeah, uh, incredible communicator. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a link to your uh, TED Talks in our show notes. There's no question about that. But we'll want to move on to uh, one of your great highlights of your career. You wrote a book. You turn, yeah. get unstuck, discover your direction and design your dream career. Great title right off the bat. What inspired you yeah. to write this book? I felt like I had so much inside of me after coaching hundreds and hundreds of people one-on-one -on -one and thousands. 
in my online courses, I have a course on how the Job Offer Academy for job hunting, the Career Clarity Lab for career clarity, the Pod Launch Academy for podcast launching. So we have so many courses and so thousands of people in my courses. And I just felt like I really had a body of work. But the overarching message of my book is don't do what you love. Don't follow your passion. Instead, do what you are. And my intention in saying that is to back it up with a body of work to help people really ask themselves that deeper question of who am I and how does that play into my career? Um, and I think I give people some spiritual and tactical tools to really start to answer that question and um, start to choose better in their career, which was my intention the whole time. Okay, Deval Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Ashley Stahl. Make sure that you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know that's right, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Pay attention to a few friends of my show and we will be right back. Welcome to Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindalyn. My name is Billy Milovanovich, a.k.a. Bildo. My name is Lindsay Kirkwood, also known as Lindalyn. And this is our offensively funny podcast about drinking wine and chatting life. Some of our previous topics include conspiracy theories. I know somebody that thinks the world's flat. What? Like a real person? Yes. Body ailments. I'm going to go from toes up because I have a lot. <laughs> no, seriously, you laugh, but I have so many body ailments. what happens with age, guys. And I know. And orgasms. I'm a little bit frustrated and it just hasn't been happening. I, I'm trying, Henry's trying, we're all trying, but when orgasming is good, it's good. Basically, we talk about all the things that you would generally talk about over wine with your girlfriends. New episodes out each Monday. Chat, Chat soon. Hello, Duval Nation. Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek Duvall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Show. That's BetterHelp.com slash Derek Show. Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duval Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? If you want Kleenex for your classroom, 
maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hi, this is Glenn. And this is Sonia from Echo Valley. And you are listening to The Derek Duval Show. Here's a song called Faces in the Mirror from our album Anarchy and Alchemy. This is William Yeski, author of the book Damn the Valley. I invite you to take a journey into a combat deployment that I was on during 2010 while serving with the men of the 82nd Airborne Division. On that deployment, we suffered a 52% casualty rate and filled the wards at Walter Reed with soldiers that had been serving within the heavy conflict that was happening within the Argonaut River Valley. The stories contained within the book are all true and even verified by not only DOD sources, but the men that were there on the ground fighting. I should know, I was one of them. It was not an easy task to write, but one that paints a vivid picture for the reader and a picture the reader won't soon forget. Pick up a copy at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org, or your friendly neighborhood independent bookstore today. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 208 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with former counterterrorism expert turned career coach, best-selling author, TEDx speechwriter, and podcaster, Ashley Stahl. This book gives readers access to your 11-step roadmap because we want my listeners to buy your book. Can you give them a small taste as to some of the advice that they will find inside these pages? Yeah, I would say, you know, I talk about, there's a lot of skills that have the word core in them. So your core nature, which is the energy you bring to a room and how that relates to your career. I talk about your core values and like how important it is to get to know them. And people notoriously are not great at unlocking their own core values. So really helping people ask better questions to really get a sense of, 
what are those non-negotiable ingredients by which I'm living my life? And how do I fold those into a fulfilling career? Um, third, and probably most importantly, I talk about core skill set. Um, you know, I can't obscure the human experience into 10 boxes, but I found largely there's 10 core skill sets that exist amongst the people I've coached. And I, I want to help people figure out which one of those 10 lanes do you sit in and how can you build a career based on that natural talent so that you're not feeling like you're pushing a river trying to be someone else in your career, but you're actually getting to be paid to be you. That's really my intention is to support people in really feeling as though they can contribute in their career. But my listeners, you don't know, what is the inner money blueprint? I think we all have a thermostat that's kind of set by our parents when we come into the world of like how we see the world, how we see money, how we see opportunities. And I think that our blueprint is just a term for the belief system we have that syncs up with the environment we grew up in. So, you know, if your parents were easy about money, chances are they're gonna, you know, get you pretty easy about money as far as like thinking it comes and goes, think, you know, whatever the beliefs are. Um, but the truth is, if you don't look at your blueprint, it's, it's going to be hard to, you know, it's going to be really hard to get in tune with how you can change it and how you can create what you want to create. Hmm. What's a key way for us to become our own coach? Hmm. Sometimes life is the coach. Sometimes we don't need to go hire somebody for an answer. Sometimes we just need to be with life and let an answer come to us. Like I would say that's the big thing. So instead of looking for someone to answer your questions, realize some questions need to unfold over time. And what are some questions you need to be asking yourself that you can let yourself sit with in your life? In your opinion, why does personal branding matter? I think personal branding is like the super highway to having more feminine energy in your career, meaning we build, we push, we create, we execute, but having a brand allows you to attract things without having to create them all the time. So my TED talk that went viral about how to figure out what you want attracted me a half million dollar spokesperson deal, a multiple book deals, and a bunch of different clients for my TED talk writing and booking. So I think that when you're intentional about your personal brand, you take yourself out of having to create things one by one and you put yourself in a more mystical role in your career while you are allowing people to get to know you in a different way every single day without you being there and think of things for you that you may never have ever thought about for yourself. Hmm. How do we build the right mindset for branding? You know, it's like, there's a healthy level of narcissism, I would argue, to have a personal brand because you're putting yourself out there. But I think it's about remembering the internet is a bunch of islands. There's the podcast island, there's blogs, there's television, there's, you know, TED Talks, that's its own island. And, you know, I think TEDx, the reason I write and book them is because I think they're the most powerful personal brand tool. Like, they just have, you know, 40 million people following them waiting for new videos and, just a potential for virality. If your TEDx does well, the TED channel picks it up and then it gets translated into multiple languages. So it just goes in these waves that I think are more potent than any other personal branding tool I've found. But I think mindset is just around imposter syndrome. Like so many people think, who am I to speak about something? But who's anyone to speak about anything? You know, I've genuinely 
learned that, I don't know, there's, there's just so much there to be able to do that mindset work so that you can step out and be who you actually are, I think is key. Hmm. Something you mentioned very briefly just earlier is that you're keen to explore is not to follow your passion. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I'm passionate about fashion, but I'd be a really horrible designer. You know, I'm passionate about the nature, but I don't really like bugs. You know, <laughs> it's like there's being into something doesn't mean you're going to have a skill set with it. And I think the skill set is what carries you into success with your career and it feels good to be good at something. And if you're interested in something, but you're not good at it, it doesn't really sound like the recipe for a great time. Fair enough. Okay. Makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. What's the reaction to that book been like? Um, my U-turn book? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been incredible. We've we've sold, I think, around 50,000 copies in the US and it's become a bestseller in Taiwan. And we're working now to get it translated into Japanese and to get a deal in Japan which I'm hoping for in the next 12 months, it makes its way out there. I love that the Asian speaking countries are resonating with it in a different way than the US market. It just shows you that when you create something, sometimes you think you're creating it for someone that maybe there's someone else that needs it way more and you just have no idea. So it's been really cool to see it do well in the US, but to see it do even better in Asia has told me that the world is a big place. And when you have a mission, you don't need to just serve your own country. You can serve so many minds and hearts that are in other markets that maybe need your message even more. That's amazing. That brings us then to your latest triumph, which is your show, the U-Turn podcast. Can you tell my listeners about it? Yeah. The U-Turn podcast is a self-development show. Y-O-U-T-U-R-N, two words, just like my book. And it's all about making a U-turn, coming home to yourself, being honest with yourself. So we have guests in love. We have guests in the work uh, category. We have guests in wellness. But I try to be as vulnerable as possible and ask questions that are things that maybe keep you up at night too. And I also do solo episodes, S-O-U-L-O's, solo episodes with thoughts that I have. I just recently did a solo on what's happening in the Middle East right now as it relates to personal development and spirituality. So there's just a lot of different things that I'm just genuinely putting my heart out into the world. And it's been really beautiful to see the show grow so much over the past five years. We have really cool sponsors that we love and it's just been like nothing but fulfillment, honestly. Doesn't it feel good to get that first sponsor? Yeah. 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 It does. Uh, one of the big questions I always like to ask uh, podcasters when they come on my show is, you know, what do you enjoy about podcasting the most? Mm. I would say what I love the most about podcasting is like how much it changes my own life and how in doing that I can change other people's. Like if I go in vulnerable, chances are we are one. We have so much oneness that there's someone else in pain over the same thing I am. And being able to bring world-renowned excerpts that are kind of hard to access and give everyone that hour complimentary of insight that is really heartfelt has been really rewarding. And I don't think I'll give up podcasting until I'm like 90 years old. My voice <laughs> is <laughs> And then the flip side of that coin um, is definitely like, you know, as a podcaster, what are some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome? Mm, I would say... 
growth. Like, you know, some people's show just takes off and goes viral. Other people's slow and steady. Mine's been very slow and steady. Like I've been growing my show forever and it's gone on its own pace, you know, and you know, I have 80,000 downloads a month. We have my friends, some of them are getting a million downloads a month. And when I asked them what they did to grow it, they say like, they'd have no idea. just did it. So I think that it's about like continuing to do good work, no matter how it's responded to or received continuing to respect your listener, no matter how many or little there are, continuing to believe in what you're doing and be stimulated by it, not just turn it into like a conversation you're having every week, but something that you want to be having. So I try to invite guests on that really meet me where I am so that I can show up with a lot of presence and genuine interest to lean into the conversation. Mm, Makes total sense. I ask all veterans on my show this next question, and based on your past counterterrorism experience, I feel you might have an interesting response. So if it's okay, I'm going to go ahead and ask it to you as well. Uh, yeah. what, were, what were your emotions when you watched the fall of Afghanistan? Just a lot of sadness, like a lot of existential questions, a lot of like awareness that the world is a really big place. There's more than 50 million people being in, you know, sold into slavery right now, sex trafficked and I just realized like what's happening is not what's on the news. What's happening is just what's happening in the world and we don't always see it. And so when I see something like Afghanistan, I don't invalidate it. I see how sad it is, but I know that I don't have capacity, not from a place of privilege, but from like just trying to survive this world. I cannot hold everything that's happening in the world. So I've consciously chosen to hold things that I deeply resonate with. So having had a sister who was homeless and died of addiction, I have a soft spot for homeless people who are addicts. I have dogs, so I have a soft spot for rescue animals. I worked in a preschool. I have a soft spot for St. Jude's Hospital and kids who are sick. And I've done volunteer work for Ronald McDonald. So I feel like there's just been a lot of things that I've chosen to open my eyes to fully and take information in. And I have an awareness that I cannot open my eyes to everything and fully absorb the information from a place of humility and and realness. Like, I think it's irresponsible to be spewing opinions on things that are not really backed. And even when they're backed with research, there's more research to refute it. So um, I've just chose to put my money where my mouth is to donate to things I really care about. And it's been really inspiring for me to want to make more money as an entrepreneur because I do want to give a portion of everything I make to causes that I care about. Hmm. Fair enough. Pierre de Coubertin said the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. You get a chance to talk to your younger self. What would you say to her? Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. Good answer. You're gonna be great. So, so what's next for Ashley? I mean, I'm scaling my TEDx speech writing offer and right now. We've got so many different change makers coming in for us to write and book their TED Talks, which has been incredible. Um, and I would say just like really stepping into my business self for that because I'm really an artist and a poet myself. And so to be more of the business and the management person is a different role, but one that is equally important in making an impact. So stepping into that even more this year. Hmm. As we enter the final phase of the interview, I always like to ask one fun question. Ashley, what do you like to do for fun? How do you like to relax? Um, I love, I have a glutton for, I'm a glutton for reality TV. I have I hate to admit it. <laughs> uh, it just takes my brain nowhere in the best way. Um, and I love being with friends. I love walking my dog Jupiter. I love, yeah, I love fashion. I love art. I love reading. I read a lot. Uh, a lot of the speakers that come in that want us to write their speech have books written, so I'm reading their books. 
that's been really beautiful. What are you reading right now? Um, right now I am reading Joe Dispenza, Joe Dispenza's Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So what's the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Ashley Stahl, S-T-A-H-L. And um, messaging me there, going to my website, ashleystahl.com uh, are probably the two best places. Obviously, the podcast is out every week, and I love it so much. So that's always there. All right. Ashley, I am my interviews with my favorite question. Okay. And the, and the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? Who you are always wins. That if you're not being who you are now, it's going to shine through anyway. So if you want to rip the bandaid and be who you are now, um, it's a hack to living a life that you really love. Beautifully said. The book is U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy your books online. Ashley, this has been a real honor and a pleasure to have you with me in the studio today. Keep up the good work on your show and best of luck for your future. Thank you so very much. You take care. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 208. I want to thank Ashley for taking the time out of her incredibly busy schedule to speak with me. She is an absolute delight to speak to, and I do hope we get to have her back on the show again sometime down the road. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. We drop our episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for those episodes to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, please drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the Amazing Tea Public. The Derek Duvall Show is a great little store in there. We have everything without a logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go to the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tea Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and one of you listening... I hope everyone had a fantastic and drama-free Thanksgiving holiday. I did a 23-pound turkey injected with Cajun butter, and it turned out purely divine. Well, I hope everyone gets to get their Christmas lights up now, and on to watching Christmas movies. Nostra, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.